The following is a production of Phoenix Media. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who has come to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who wages a never-ending fight for truth and justice disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. With Lois Lane, star girl reporter missing, and the yellow mask threatening a dire catastrophe, unless a $15 million hoard of stolen jewels is delivered to a deserted crossroads by dawn, Kent sets a trap. As our story continues today... Kent, Police Commissioner Malone, and Jimmy Olsen are waiting in the woods at the crossroads where Kent has planted a suitcase containing stones instead of the real jewels. Meanwhile, in a hideout a mile from the crossroads, the yellow mask is giving final instructions to his henchman, Lefty. Listen. Message that we got over the air said that the suitcase would be at the crossroads within a half hour. You understand what you ought to do, Lefty? Yeah, yeah. I park a car in a cutout, hike through the woods, and come up behind the road. That's right. But be careful. This may be another trap. You're taking Joe with you? Yeah. And a couple of gats. Well, you may need them. Hey, where's that reporter, Dane? In the next room. Resting. You know, I don't like getting mixed up with Danes in this racket. They're poison. When are you getting rid of her? That lefty is my business. All right, all right. I was just asking. You and Joe had better get going and don't make any mistakes this time. Well, I didn't make no mistake last time. Well, we won't go into that now. Wait a minute. Something just occurred to me. In order to be on the safe side, I think that you had better... What? She may be awake in the next room. I don't want her to hear me. I'll go out to the car with you. Now, as I was saying, Lefty, in order to be on the safe side, what I think that you had better do is this. As Lefty and Joe leave the hideout with final whispered instructions from the yellow mask, Clark Kent as Superman waits alone in the darkness of the crossroads. The quiet of the night, broken only by the chirping of crickets and the eerie hum of insects. Listen. Oh, looks like my little scheme failed. Not a sign of anyone. What's that? Oh, just a hoot owl. Dawn will be up soon. Wait. Someone's coming through the woods. Maybe an animal. No. It's a man. Two men. 
Our plan has worked. There it is, Joe. Uh, On that stump, grab it. Okay, let's see. I got it. Put that suitcase down. Huh? Who's that? You heard what I said. Put down that suitcase. Put him have it, Joe. Okay, nothing. Okay. So you want to play, huh? Well, nothing. See how you like this little game. Those folks didn't hold him at all. Beat it, Joe. No, Beat it. no you don't. Oh, that's only a sample. Now, see how you like this. Oh, hey, I'm getting out of here. Those shots. I can't let them see me as Superman. Ken! Ken! Where are you? Right here. Oh, one of them got away. I tried to catch him. You must have stacked this one plenty hard. He's out cold. What happened, Kent? We heard two shots. Yes, but fortunately their marksmanship was bad. Both bullets missed me. I closed in on them and got one, but... Oh, boy. And scuffle, the other one ran off through the woods. Well, you took a terrible oh. chance, Kent. Battling armed desperados. Well, maybe... Not as much of a chance as you think. Yeah, wait, let's have a look at this fellow. I turn him over here. Well, you know who he is, Commissioner? I haven't the faintest idea. He sure looks mean. Well, one thing is certain. He's part of the Masks gang, and he probably knows where the hideout is. I suggest we take him to the police station back in the next town and pump him. What do you think, Commissioner? We might learn something if we can get him to talk. Oh, he'll talk, all right. His kind usually do when they're in a tough spot. Now, I'll go back for the car. Okay. Mr. Kent. Yes, Jimmy? Did you really knock this guy out? Why, why, yes. Don't you believe me? Sure, I believe you, all right, but, well, I'm just wondering. Wondering, Jimmy? Wondering about what? Well, oh, maybe I was seeing things. Well, I don't understand, Jimmy. Oh, forget it. No, no. Now, tell me what's on your mind. Well, I saw those two men come out of the woods. Yes? And I heard the shots, and uh-huh. a second after that, another man jumped across the road. Oh, sure. That was I, Jimmy. It didn't look like you. I thought it was Superman. You, you thought it... <laughs> what's the matter? <laughs> well, thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> After all, it isn't everyone who's mistaken for Superman. Uh, you're just making fun of me. No, not at all. Uh, oh, here's the car. Yeah. Okay, Commissioner. Come on over here and grab his feet, will you? All right. We'll dump him in the back. Hey, Mr. Kim. Oh, the suitcase is still here. They didn't get it. Yeah. Bring it along, Jimmy. Okay. Yeah, Commissioner. Hey. Hey, that does it. All right, hop in, Jimmy. Right. Say, do you think he'll tell us where the mask is hiding out, Mr. Kent? He's got to tell us, Jimmy. It's our only chance. my breath. I had to run all the way. Where are the jewels? I couldn't get them. What do you mean? Oh, now, just, now, take it easy, Chief. Oh, don't tell me to take it easy. What happened, you fool? Oh, now, give me a chance, will you? Did you follow my instructions? Yeah, sure, sure. Me and Joe parked the car on a side road and then hiked through the woods. Was the suitcase there? Yeah, it was there. Looked like a pint, Chief. We jumped out of the woods and Joe grabbed it. 
and we were starting back for the car when it happened. What happened? A big guy hopped out of the bushes across the road. He was wearing some kind of a uniform. I yelled at Joe to let him have it, and he did. Twice. But I swear, as sure as I'm standing here, them slugs bounced off the big guy's chest. Oh, you're out of your mind. Now, Chief, Chief, I seen it with my own eyes. Well, I... Well, anyway, the big guy closed in and started throwing punches. I figured we didn't have no chance against him, so I beat it fast. What happened to Joe? He caught one on the button and went down. So, so you left him there to answer all their questions. Oh, Joe won't talk. He'll talk when they stop working at him. I knew that I shouldn't have trusted this job to you. It wasn't my fault, Chief. Shut up. Now that you've bungled it, I've got to figure a way out. You said that the jewels were there. Yeah. In a suitcase, sitting on a stump. How do you know what was in the suitcase? Well, I didn't open it, but it was heavy. Listen, Chief. If you think they'll make Joe talk, we better scram out of oh, here. Oh, no. We'll stay right here and wait for them. Yeah, but, Chief, that big guy... Turning yellow, Lefty? Oh, me? Say, I ain't afraid of... Good. Then you'll help me welcome them. You see, Lefty, this house was built for visitors such as we expect. Now stand back against the wall. Now I slide this picture away and press this little button. So. Holy gee, a trap door. Look down the hole. What do you see? Looks like a swimming pool without any water. A very apt description, Lefty. It's a concrete tank. Two feet thick on all sides and rising eight feet from the basement floor. Yeah? What's it good for? You shall see. The trap door will be all set when our friend Mr. Kent and his companions arrive. The moment they step on it, they will fall into the concrete tank. Then I throw a switch from the second floor and iron bars will slide over the top of the tank. Can you uh, picture it? Yeah. That's how they can't climb out. Precisely. That's just like being in jail, huh? Yes, Lefty. A jail from which there is no escape. You mean you leave them down there without giving them nothing to eat and no water? That's the idea. Hey, I don't like that kind of business, Chief. Whether you like it or not, you're a part of it. Now, come on. We've got to get everything ready. If they're coming at all, they should be here soon. We're not too late, Commissioner. It's getting light in the east. It took quite some time worming the information out of that gorilla. Was he stubborn? Yeah. You all right, Jimmy? Oh, you bet, Mr. Kemp. Now, hold on. This is where we turn. Great Scott, what a road. We never would have found this place without directions. What a road. That must be the house up ahead. Well, I'll, I'll stop here. All right, now be quiet. Follow me. This place looks deserted, Kent. There's not a light burning. Quiet. They may be asleep. Look, Kent. What? Smoke coming out of the chimney. There's someone here. Good. Now you and Jimmy take the front door while I go around to the rear. Now, be careful. We will. Yell if you need help. All set, Jimmy? 
Sure. I'm, I'm all ready. You stay behind me. I've got a gun. Let's try the door. Is it locked? No. Jimmy, I'm going to open it. Slowly the door swings open on rusty hinges. Jimmy and Commissioner Malone stare into the darkness of the room, little suspecting that one more step will send them hurtling down through a trapdoor into a concrete tank. What will happen? Don't forget to tune in next time and follow the thrilling story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, amazing visitor from the planet Krypton, who has come to Earth possessed of physical powers far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, and who wages a never-ending battle against crime and oppression disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. By capturing one of the yellow masked henchmen, Kent, as Superman, learned where the masked hideout is located and where Lois Lane, girl reporter, is probably being held. As our story continues today, Kent, Police Commissioner Malone, and young Jimmy Olsen, copy boy on Kent's paper, have approached the hideout just as dawn is breaking. Kent has circled to the rear of the house, while Jimmy and the commissioner prepare to enter through the front, little suspecting that a trapdoor is hidden under the rug just over the threshold. A trapdoor that leads into a concrete tank. Listen. I don't understand how the mask happened to leave this door open. Either we're lucky or we're walking into something. Maybe we'd better wait for Mr. Kent before going in. I don't think that's necessary. Stick close, but stay behind me. All right. I may have to use this gun. In case I do, drop flat on your stomach. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go. 
Wait a minute. Huh? Wait a minute. What's that noise? It must be Mr. Kent getting us through the back way. Kent? Kent? Can't hear you. That door must lead to the rear of the house. Come on, Jimmy. Okay. We stepped on a trap door and fell through. Yeah, but where are we? Oh, I can't tell. It's uh, six black. Here, here's some matches. Light one of them. All right. Here. It's a concrete tank. Built right up under the trap door. Yeah, but it's open at the top. Hey, look. Closed now. With iron bars. This was all planned, Jimmy. And we walked into it. Oh. Were oh. you hurt, Commissioner? Oh, my ankle. I think it's broken. Strike another match. Okay. Oh. Which ankle? The right one. Yeah. It's either broken or badly strained. Oh. It's beginning to swell. How are we going to get out of here? I don't know, Jimmy. Unless Kent can help us. He must have heard that trap door fall. Try calling him. All right. Mr. Kent! Mr. Kent! Where are you, Jimmy? He hears me. Yes, but he what? better not hear you again. Huh? Keep quiet. Where's that voice coming from? I don't know, but it sounds like a yellow mask. Shout, Jimmy. Shout for Kent. Mr. Kent! We're under the trap door down in the cellar. I warn you. One more word and you'll never speak again. Stop, Jimmy. Jimmy, where are you? Don't answer him. We won't. But how can we let Mr. Kent know where we are? That man is a maniac, Jimmy. He may murder us in this dungeon. Jimmy! Answer me! Where are you? Don't, Jimmy. But... Don't. You'll only lead Kent to the trap door. And then we'll all be down here. Our only hope is for Kent to be free so he can lay his hands on the yellow mask. And I'm afraid there's not much chance of that. Not much chance. Jimmy! Commissioner Malone, who are you? I'm sure that was Jimmy's voice I heard. It'd be muffled. Maybe he's upstairs. Jimmy! Welcome to my abode, Mr. Kent. The mask. Yes. I believe that we have met before under different circumstances. Where's Miss Lane? Miss Lane is well and safe. So are the police commissioner and your young friend, Jimmy. But they will remain safe only as long as you obey my orders. One false move on your part will seal their doom. Where are they? Never mind that now. More importantly... Where are the jewels? I've put up with enough of your madness. Tell me where those people are hidden or... Stand back, Kent. You see, I am unarmed. But others are watching you. Stand back unless you want to murder your friends. You can't bluff me. This isn't a bluff, Kent. Lay one finger on me and you will suffer. You think that I'm fool enough to face you this way without protection? And my protection... Is the lives of your friends. All right. What do you want? Ah, that's better. You know what I want. The jewels that I worked so hard to get. The jewels that you and that Lorimer girl took from me. Where are they? I have them. But this time I want more than your word, which I've found to be worthless. Release Miss Lane, Commissioner Malone, and Jimmy Olson. And you'll get the jewels. What do you take me for? A mindless idiot? First, I must have the jewels. 
Then I must be guaranteed an opportunity to leave unmolested. However, in order to prove my sincerity, I will let you see Miss Lane. The others must remain where they are until I have left with the jewels. Do I make myself clear? Yes. Yes, you do. But I know how far I can trust you. In this case, Mr. Kent, you will have to trust me. Make up your mind. All right. But if this turns out to be another of your little tricks, you'll suffer for oh, it. Oh, you do me a great injustice, Mr. Kent. Now, this way. Miss Lane is resting in a room at the rear of the house. Please remember what I so carefully pointed out to you only a moment ago. One false move on your part, and you sign the death warrants of the worthy police commissioner and young Olsen. I am playing for big stakes, as you well know. I cannot afford to lose. Ah, here we are. I will unlock the door for you. Slane, you have a visitor. Lois. Cortez. I will leave you two for a few minutes. Remember, Kent, life hangs in the balance. Yeah? Listen closely. Make no mistakes. I think I have Kent where I want him. Who is Kent? The newspaper reporter responsible for my having lost the jewels. What difference does it make? You're being paid to take orders, not ask questions. All right, okay. Now, pay close attention. I think that I can get the jewels if I promise to release Miss Lane, the police commissioner, and the boy. You're going to let them go. Don't be a fool. The testimony of any one of them would send me to the chair. They must never leave this house alive. Well, how are you going to work it? Very simply. When Kent returns with the jewels, I will somehow manage to maneuver him and Miss Lane to the trap door in the front room. Once I have all four of them down in the concrete tank, the rest will be easy. I told you that business don't sit right with me, Chief. Well, isn't that too bad? You'll have to get over your squeamishness, Lefty. Now, don't forget, you're mixed up in this just as much as I am. Death in the electric chair isn't very pleasant. Well, you ain't got blood in your veins. You got ice water. Well, maybe you're right. Now, listen to me. As I said, I'll get Kent and the lame girl to the trap door. Just before I do, throw the switch, controlling the iron bars, so the tank will be open, ready to receive two more visitors. Yeah? Then what? Once the trap door is sprung, throw the second switch. That will slide the bars back over the top of the tank. Then get to the field behind the house as fast as you can. I will have my plane ready for a quick getaway. Oh, well, what's the big rush? The further away I am from the scene of the crime, the better I'd like it. Now, is it all straight in your mind? Yeah, I guess so. First, I throw switch number one. That slides the iron bars back. Then I throw switch number two. That shoves the bars back over the tank. Correct. Keep your wits about you. If we fail this time, we're through. If we succeed, there are millions of Close to those switches. 
Are you ready, Mr. Kent? Miss Lane has been telling me how courteous you were to her. He's a fiend, a madman. Oh, I'm quite certain that Miss Lane is exaggerating. However, one thing has nothing to do with another. You see, she has not been harmed. It is as much as you can expect under the circumstances. Now, about the jewels. They're in the car, parked on the road leading to this house. I don't believe you. You can see for yourself. We brought them along just in case we ran into anything like this. Lying won't do you any good, Kent. I'm not lying. All right, we shall see. You and Miss Lane will accompany me to the car. This way, please. Follow me. Are the jewels really in the car? No, but I want to get him alone. Hurry, Kent. I have no time for waste. We're coming. One moment while I turn on the light. This front room seems a little dark. There we are. Miss Lane, Mr. Kent, you may precede me out the door. Come on, Lois. the switch, Lefty. Right, Chief. Very nice. Very nice. Trapped in the concrete tank, Lois, Commissioner Malone, and Jimmy are in grave danger unless Superman can get them out. But does Clark Kent dare reveal himself as Superman? What will he do? Don't forget to tune in next time and follow the thrill-packed story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who has come to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who wages a never-ending battle against crime and oppression, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. In an attempt to capture the Yellow Mask, dangerous international criminal, Kent, together with young Jimmy Olsen and Police Commissioner Malone, has tracked his quarry to a hideout in the woods, where Lois Lane, pretty girl reporter, is being held. But the mask was ready for them. Jimmy and the commissioner, entering through the front of the house, fell through a trapdoor into a deep concrete tank. A few minutes later, Kent and Lois Lane were lured to the same trap. As our story continues today, they have just fallen into the dark tank, unaware that Jimmy and the commissioner are already prisoners there. Listen. Lois. Huh? Lois, are you all right? Oh, oh Clark. Are you all right? Yes, I think so. Oh. What happened? We, we fell through a trap door. Just like we did, Kent. Well, Commissioner Malone, is that you? That's right, Kent. Well, where's Jimmy? I'm right here, Mr. Kent. What? Can't see anything. It's so dark. Oh, hello, Miss Lane. Why, hello, Jimmy. How on earth did you get down here? In that same trap door. 
I heard Mr. Kent yelling for us, but we couldn't answer. You couldn't? Why not? The mask warned us not to. He threatened to wipe us out if we did. I thought it best not to take a chance. The man is a maniac. There's no telling what he'd do. Oh, oh, oh. What's the matter, Commissioner? He hurt his ankle. No, it's nothing, Kent. Just a slight sprain. Here, let me look at it. I got some matches. I'll light one. All right. Yeah. Pull the match higher, Jimmy. It really isn't serious, Kent. That ankle is more than sprained, Commissioner. Might even be broken. We've got to get you out of here. Oh, don't worry about me. You have your hands full watching out for Jimmy and the young lady. How do you propose getting them out of this dungeon? Well, I can climb up and open the trap door. Oh, no, you can't. There are steel bars over the top of the tank. Oh, how could there be? Lois and I fell through the, when the trap door gave way under us. The steel bars slid across the top after you fell through. I'm afraid he's got us, Kent. Oh. Right where he wants us. Hey, what's going to happen when he doesn't find the jewels in the car? Jewels in the car? Yes, I told the master the jewels were in the car. I wanted to get him outside, alone. Unfortunately, what? Mr. Kent, you are not successful. Where's that voice coming from? What difference does it make? All you are required to do is to listen. And listen carefully. This is your last chance. The last chance for all of you. I have reached the limit of my patience. You, Kent, and you, Commissioner Malone, are directly responsible for the lives of a young woman and a boy. Don't let him get into that way, Clark. I'm not afraid. You need us, Squire. I will give you one more opportunity to save those lives. Commissioner, where are the children? Where you'll never lay hands on them. Where are they? You heard what I said. Yes, but the answer to my question was not the one that I wished to hear. Then I'll answer it. The jewels are locked in a safe at police headquarters. Does that satisfy you? Perfectly, Mr. King. Now, perhaps, we can indulge in a little bargaining. I don't bargain with rats. Let him talk, Commissioner. Yes. Permit me to speak my little piece. Now, as I was saying, you are all completely in my power. Unless you do as I say, the end is not far off. Soon you will need water to moisten your parched lips. And food to fill the aching of your stomach. Soon you will grow weak from thirst and hunger. Are you listening? No sense of lighting matches, Kent. Both my voice and I are well beyond reach. Resign yourself to the predicament you are in. All right. What do you want? You know what I want. The jewels now reposing in the commissioner's secret headquarters. How do you expect us to get them for you, even if we agreed to? I You're mad if you think I'll do that. We shall see how mad I am. Lower the phone, Lefty. There it is, Kent. Dangling in front of you. I will give the commissioner 60 seconds to make up his mind. Remember, just 60. You can make it 60 hours for all the good it'll do. Don't lose your head, Commissioner. You've got to think this thing out. It doesn't take any thinking, Kent. I'll start to death before I'll get into that thing yet. Does he imagine for one moment that I would call headquarters and arrange for those Jews to be delivered here to him? If he does, he's crazier than I thought. I grant you, he's crazy. That makes him all the more dangerous. We may have to agree to do as he says, at least temporarily. What do you mean? The minute is up. Have you made up your mind, Commissioner? 
Yes, and it hasn't changed. You refuse to call your office and have the Gerald delivered to me? Absolutely. Very well. We... Do we? Yes, I know. What are you talking about now, Wigger? If this is a trick, you will all suffer by it. It's no trick. Go ahead, Commissioner. I'm doing this against my better judgment, Kent. Give me Metropolitan 4,000. You are to instruct one man to deliver the jewels to the crossroads. One mile beyond the Harley River Bridge. He is to come unarmed. If you issue any other instructions, you sign the death warrant to four people. You are to Hello. Send... Hello. This is Commissioner Malone. Connect me with Captain Sullivan. Hello. Hello, Sullivan. I want you to do something for me. You remember that suitcase we put in the custodian's safe? Yes. Yes, the one with the jewels. Sullivan, I want you to, to get it and bring it to me. Tell him he's to come alone, Commissioner. You're... You're to come alone, Sullivan. And unarmed. Don't carry a gun, Sullivan. Oh, never mind why. Do as I tell you. Now listen while I give you your directions. Take Route 14 to the crossroads. The miles beyond... Unable to change into Superman without revealing himself to Lois, Jimmy, and Malone, Clark Kent stands by while the police commissioner orders the jewels to be brought to the yellow mask. But evidently, Kent has some plan in mind. In the meantime, the mask has sent his henchmen, Lefty and Joe, to stop the police car at the crossroads. They crouch in the darkness as the car approaches. Suddenly, they leap to the center of the road, waving flashlights. Okay, copper, get him out. Who are you? Never mind, get him out. No, wait a minute. We ain't got no time to wait. Let him have it, Joe. Right, Lefty. Right on the cunt. Nice work, Joe. Where's the suitcase? Here. All right, let me have it. Holy smoke, she's heavy. <laughs> Let's see what's inside. Glad you like, Joe. Okay. Lamp that ice. What a haul. Why, this bottle alone must be worth ten grand if it's worth a nickel. Now, look at this one. Hey, Joe. I got an idea. Yeah? I got an idea we ain't turning this stuff over to the mask. Oh, what do you mean? I mean we're keeping it for ourselves. I know a fence will give us better than 100 G's for it. That's 50 G's each. Yeah, yeah, but... but... There ain't no buts. The stuff don't belong to him. He got it the same way we're getting it. Ain't got a, a double cross, Lefty? So what? Come on, we're scrambling with this stuff. All the copper out of his car. We'll take it. Okay, go on, dump him in the bushes. That's it. Now get in. Make it fast. I've been waiting a long time for something like this. stupid, Kent, but I still don't understand why you forced me to make that call to headquarters and have Sullivan bring the jewels. What do you expect to accomplish? Keep your voice down, Commissioner. The mask probably has a dictograph planted somewhere in this concrete tank. Anyway, Lois and Jimmy have dozed off from sheer exhaustion. Well, I'm not a bit surprised. Oh, neither am I. Kent, these last few days have been a nightmare. And then to have it end up with all four of us imprisoned in this tank with no hope of escape. I wouldn't say that. 
You mean you think the mask will release us once he gets the jewels? Don't be a fool, Kent. I know his kind. I've dealt with him for 30 years. No, I don't expect him to release us. Then why? Why did you insist that I obey his orders and have the jewels presented to him on a silver platter? Because the only way we'll ever convict him is to catch him with the goods. But good heavens, man. How can we convict him if we can't even lay our hands on him? Kent, I believe you're out of your mind. Not quite, Commissioner. How long has it been since you made that call to headquarters? Over an hour. Uh-huh. Captain Sullivan should be at the crossroads by now. And then what? Our friend the mask will be in for a little surprise. Why don't you try to get some sleep, Commissioner? Sleep? Yes. With my ankle throbbing the way it is. Oh, that's right. I forgot about your ankle. Does it hurt much? Well, enough, Kent. Hey, what do you mean by a surprise? I can't tell you now, Commissioner. That's what you've been saying all along. Don't you think I have a right to know what's going on? Keep quiet. You're talking too loud. Jimmy's awake. Hey, where am I? What's happened? Everything's okay, Jimmy. Go on to sleep. All right. This much I can tell you, Commissioner. And you'll have to trust me for the rest. Once Captain Sullivan delivers the jewels, the yellow mask is in for a surprise. The biggest surprise of his life. If Clark Kent is counting on the jewels being delivered to the yellow mask, he too is in for a surprise. For this very moment, Lefty and Joe are speeding towards the city with the precious gems. What will happen when the mask discovers he has been double-crossed? Tune in next time and follow the story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who has come to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and oppression disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. Unable, without revealing himself as Superman, to rescue Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, and Police Commissioner Malone from a concrete tank in which the yellow mask had trapped them, Kent persuaded the commissioner to accept the mask's proposition. A telephone was lowered into the tank, and the commissioner called police headquarters, instructing one of his men, Captain Sullivan, to deliver a fortune in jewels to the mask in return for their freedom. As our story continues today, Lois and Jimmy have fallen asleep in the concrete tank, while Kent and the commissioner await development. Suddenly, the masked voice comes to them out of a hidden loudspeaker. Listen. I warn you, Kent, if there has been any trickery, none of you will live to gloat over it. How could there be any trickery? You heard Commissioner Malone talk to Captain Sullivan at headquarters. He told him to bring the jewels just as you instructed. Yes, I heard that. But more than an hour has gone by since the telephone call was made. Where are the jewels? Sullivan may have been delayed. Or maybe he's waiting at the crossroads now. I sent two of my men out to meet him. They haven't returned. That's not our business. We did as you said. Personally, I hope you never get the jewels. 
You're nothing but a thieving, half-mad murderer. And if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to see you burn in the electric chair. Commissioner, please. Really? Lois and Jimmy are sleeping. Try not to wake them up. They need all the rest they can get. On the contrary, Commissioner Malone, I think I shall have the pleasure of seeing you burn. Jim, what does he mean? It's just an idle threat. The jewels will be here shortly. I hope so, for all your sakes. I will return in five minutes. Keep your voice down, Commissioner. I'd give my right eye to get my hands around his neck for just ten seconds. Well, you still may have that opportunity. Kent, do you really think that we'll ever get out of here alive? Of course. Once the jewels arrive. Oh, yes. You mentioned something about a surprise for the mask once the jewels got here. What did you mean? You'll find out. Just have a little patience. All the patience in the world will not reward Commissioner Malone. For unknown to Kent, the two men, Lefty and Joe sent to the crossroads to meet Captain Sullivan, have double-crossed the yellow mask, and are at this very moment speeding toward the city in Sullivan's squad car with the jewels. The police captain, left unconscious in the bushes at the side of the road, has recovered sufficiently to stagger to his feet and attempt to flag a passing car. I'm... I'm Captain Sullivan of the city police. Yeah? Two men knocked me out and stole my car. Good heaven. Can you get me to telephone? Sure. Hop in. Thanks. Hello. Hello, operator. There's an emergency. Get me police headquarters. Sergeant Henley. Hello, Henley. Now listen carefully. This is Captain Sullivan. That's right, listen. I'm at Cedar Falls. Two men held me up, knocked me out, and stole the squad car. Yes, yes, they got the jewels, too. Sent out a general alarm. What? No, I couldn't see either of them. It was too dark. Too dark, I tell you. Now get that alarm out before they hit the city. Yes, that's where they were headed. Now don't waste any time, Henry. We've got some man. Take it easy, Lefty. You're doing 70. Oh, this cop's buggy can travel. Ah, you ain't nervous, Joe, are you? No. No, but if you blow a tire, we're cooked. Well, I gotta make time with all this hot ice in the car. Hey, listen. Turn the radio on. Get some swing music. That'll take your mind off getting killed. Oh, you can't get music on this kind of a radio. It's a short wave set for police orders. Well, turn it on anyway. Let's hear what the bull's got to say. I never thought I'd be driving a police buggy. Not in a million years. General Alarm 683W. Listen. Stop on site. Squad car number six. See, none but cops orders. Shut up. Squad car number six. License 58-32. Old man who was driving and his companion. Hey, what are you stopping for? He's talking about this car. Listen. I will repeat. General Alarm 683W, stop on site, squad car number 6, license 58-32, old man who is driving and his companion. That is all. Turn it off. What are we going to do? I don't know, but there's one thing you can lay money on. We ain't driving this buggy into the city. You got your gun? Yeah. Okay, grab the suitcase and hop out. We'll roll this buggy off the road and down that incline. Then we'll stop the first car comes along and take it over. Come on. All right, come on back here and give her a push. 
<coughs> She's rolling. Now a good one. There she goes. Ah, they won't find that jalopy for a long time. Hey, it's lucky we turned that radio on. Richie. Richie. I think I hear a car coming. Yeah, you're right. Get over on the other side of the road. Flag him down with your light, but keep your gap handy in case it's a cop. Okay. He's coming fast. Start waving your light. He ain't gonna stop. Hey, you luckhead, what'd you shoot for? I, I seen he wasn't stopping. I figured I'd scare him. Yeah, so what did you do? You let him know there's a guy on the road here with a gap. He'll tell that to the first copper he meets him. Before you know it, this place will be crawling with sticks. Grab that suitcase. We're heading cross-country through the woods. It ain't healthy around here no more. This is Bill Breen, your radio reporter. One of the greatest manhunts in the history of the state is now in progress. More than 150 hand-picked members of the police department are searching for two armed desperados who held up a police squad car. Bludgeoned Captain Michael Sullivan into unconsciousness and escaped in the car. Officials will neither confirm nor deny the report that a fortune in jewels was being transported by Captain Sullivan and was stolen with the car. Possible clue to the whereabouts of the wanted man was provided by a motorist who reported he'd been shot at while driving along Route 14 near the Holly River Bridge. Police Commissioner Charles Malone, who has been mysteriously absent from his office for two days, could not be reached for a statement. Keep tuned to this station for further news. Sure was tough hiking through them woods, Lefty. Well, who told you to shoot at that car? Oh, you don't have to keep talking about it, do you? All right, all right. What's that light up ahead? Hmm. Must be a farmhouse. Well, we got to get a car and get one fast. Maybe the farmer's got a jalopy. Come on, we sneak up behind the house. Hey, you got a car standing in the yard? Yeah, tin can. What's the difference as long as it runs? There ain't no difference. Look and see if it's got a key in it. No, no key. Well, maybe we got to get the key. Give me your gun. I don't trust you no more. Uh-huh. Follow me. Wait a minute. Take a gander through the window. See anything? Yeah. No geezer sitting by the stove. Nobody else? That's all. We're in luck. Come on. All right, get your hands up, Pop. Where's the key to that jalopy you got standing out in the yard? Now, listen, you owe your... What'd you knock him down for? I got to get the key to his car. There it is, Lefty. On the table. Oh, well, grab it. I got it. Thanks, Pop. So long. All right, hop in fast. Hope I can get this crate started. There she goes. Closing in on the two desperados who early tonight stole a squad car rumored to have been carrying a fortune in jewels. 
Curtis W. Bailey, a farmer in Harley Falls, informed the authorities his 1933 car was stolen scarcely an hour ago by two armed men. He gave the police a description of the men, and their arrest is expected soon. Keep tuned to this station. Kent, I can't stand this much longer. My ankle is killing me. Let me look at it. Oh, that won't do any good. How long have we been down in this dark hole? It seems like days. Oh, just a few hours. I'll let a match and look at your ankle. No, the swelling doesn't seem to have gone down any. It's broken. No, don't touch it. Oh, wait a minute. Now, maybe I can set it for you. Can't. Take it easy now. Don't. Wait a minute. Oh! oh. Wait. Oh, it's a shame. Wait. That's a stroke of luck for us. Now, with Lois and Jimmy asleep, and alone out for a while, I can break through this concrete. A Superman. This corner looks as good a place as any. What did the mask say? It was six feet thick. That shouldn't stop me. Here goes. Gotta take it easy. Don't want to wake Lois or Jimmy. Giving. There. That does it. A hole big enough to crawl through. What's that? Malone's coming, too. I'll have to change back to Clark Kent. 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 Where are you? Right here, Commissioner. And you'd better stay right there, Mr. Kent. What? I've got a double-barrel shotgun in my hands. And I'll blow everyone in that tank of kingdom come if you move an inch. Does the mask know that Superman has forced an exit from the concrete tank? What can Kent do now with the escape so near and yet so far? Don't forget to tune in next time for the thrilling conclusion of the story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman!
And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who has come to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who wages a never-ending battle against crime and oppression, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. When the yellow mask trapped Kent in a deep concrete tank in the basement of his hideout, the young, report, the young reporter found it impossible to escape without revealing his identity as Superman to Lois Lane, young Jimmy Olsen, and Police Commissioner Malone, who were prisoners in the tank with him. But fortunately, Lois and Jimmy, both exhausted, fell asleep. That left only the police commissioner, who was suffering from a broken ankle. As Kent tried to set the ankle, the commissioner fainted from the pain. In a moment, Superman broke a hole to one side of the concrete tank. But just then, the voice of the yellow mask came booming out of a hidden loudspeaker. Listen. Stay where you are, Kent. I've got a shotgun in my hands, and I'll blow everyone in that tank of kingdom come with you. Hey, what happened? Clark. Clark, where are you? I'm here. Nothing's happened. That's what you think. Don't move any of you. Mm-hmm. Someone's thrown. Commissioner Malone. I stepped on his ankle and he fainted. See if you can help him, Lord. Don't move, Miss Lane. My finger is not very steady on this trigger. Clark, what do I do? Here you are. What's the idea of the shotgun? You know we're helpless down here. A shotgun will just ensure you're being helpless until I decide how to get rid of you. What do you mean? I've just heard some disquieting news over the radio. News that concerns your fate and the fate of your friend. Now, wait a minute. I don't care what you heard over the radio. We followed your instructions to the letter. You wanted Commissioner Malone to call police headquarters and tell one man to deliver those jewels to the crossroads. But somehow you tricked me. Oh, no. That's not true. You heard Malone make the call. He ordered Captain Sullivan to bring the jewels to the crossroads. That was all he said. Then possibly you can explain why the two men I sent to meet Captain Sullivan are now being hunted by the police. Possibly you can explain why they haven't returned with the jewels. Well, maybe they decided to double-cross you and take the jewels for themselves. What did you say? I said maybe your own men double-crossed you and ran off with the jewels. Ah, no, my friend. Nobody attempts that with the yellow (laughs) man. Nobody. Oh, Clark, the commissioner's in pain. Matt! Yes, what is it? Commissioner Malone broke his ankle when he fell through the trap door into this tank. He's suffering. He won't be suffering very long. That much, I can promise you. He's not human. Yes, Miss Lee, quite human. Human enough to suspect that your friend, Mr. Kent, and the worthy police commissioner have tried to trick me. How could we? I don't know. But there are sufficient grounds for suspicion. A report over the radio said that two men in possession of some jewels were being hunted by the police and are expected to be momentarily apprehended. If those are my men, something has gone wrong. It's not our fault. Commissioner Malone followed your instructions. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. Under the circumstances, I shall be forced to leave here at once. Therefore, I find it necessary to destroy all the evidence that might be used. Unfortunately, Mr. Kent, you and your friends are that gentleman. You're mad. No, just careful. Now, wait. I warn you, Mask. If any harm comes to Miss Lane, or to Jimmy or the commissioner, you'll have someone besides the police to account to. A very pretty speech, Kent. Very pretty. It wasn't meant to be pretty. Of course, I know it's too much to expect from anyone like you, but the least you could do is give us time to live up to our part of the bargain. Time? I've given you plenty of time. 
The jewels should have been here an hour ago. However, just to prove to Miss Lane that I am human, I'll give you ten more minutes. I happen to have a clock handy. Hear it? Ten minutes. As the clock slowly ticks the seconds away, and each passing moment brings Clark Kent closer to the time when he must reveal himself as Superman in order to save three lives. The masked henchmen Lefty and Joe, who, as we know, have double-crossed the mask, and are fleeing with the jewels in an old stolen car, begin to lose their nerves. They hear the distant wail of police car siren. The cops are riding every road around here, Lefty. We'll never sure. Ah, shut up. I don't want to take no rap. Right behind us. Let me out. You stay where you are. There's a wagon road going into the woods. I'll turn in. Here we go now. All right, now just sit tight. If they get us, we're sunk. Heaven is hot ice will send us up for 20 years. Sit tight, I said. They can't see us. Right by. Let's get rid of this car, Lefty. It ain't safe. We can leg it through the woods. And leave the jewels? Not me. I don't want no part of them. They're too hot. Ah, take it easy, Joe. We'd be mugs to let loose of the stuff now we got our hands on it. Let me think. It's too hot for me. Hey, look. Look, here's what we'll do. We'll take it back to the mast. He's got an airplane. We can make a quick getaway. Give these cops a slip. And then what? Well, if the math don't pay off the way we think he ought to pay off, we settle with him. Hmm? What do you mean? You know what I mean. Oh. Come on, let's get going. I don't like the sound of them sirens. Take me to Willie's. All right, grab the suitcase. Okay. Now, follow me. Yes, Lois? It doesn't look very good, does it? What do you mean? Well, ten minutes are almost up. Do you really think he'll do what he threatened? Get get rid of us? Don't you worry about that. Where's Jimmy? Um, right here, Mr. Kent. Here, take my hand. All right. That's the boy. Now, listen to me. There's a hole in the side of this tank. A hole? How does it get there? Never mind that now. You crawl through first, Jimmy. Lois will follow you. Yeah, but what about you and Commissioner Malone? He hasn't come to yet. Yeah, he must have passed out completely from that broken ankle. I'll take care of him. Let Miss Lane go through, Mr. Kent. I'd have a stick with you. No, Jimmy, you've got to go along with Lois to protect her. Now, somehow, you both must find your way out of this basement. Be quiet and be careful. Chances are you'll find a flight of steps leading to the yard in back of the house. Hide there until I call you. No matter what you hear and no matter what happens. All right, now hurry. You first, Jimmy. Okay. Okay, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm through. All right, Lois. And please don't worry. I won't. We'll be waiting for you, Clark. Right. I don't like them wandering around alone, but it's a chance I had to take. Now I can deal with the mask as he should be dealt with. As Superman. First, I'll have to carry him alone through that opening. 
be hit now in case the mask makes use of that shotgun. Got ten minutes to Kent. Mr. Kent isn't here. What's that? I said Mr. Kent is gone. What, you trying to pull another one of your tricks on me? Oh, no, this time it won't work. This is the end. You're right, Mask. The end for you. Here I come, right through the iron bars covering the top of your tank. Up, up! No use shooting now. You're too late. Where are you? Oh, there you are, eh? Put that gun down. Stand back. Stand back, I say. You've given your last order, Mask. Now you're going to pay for everything. Who are you? What difference does that make? Give me that gun. No. No. Well, I see I'll have to take it away from you. Break it in two. Now I'll settle with you. No. No, you'll kill me. Frightened, aren't you? Trembling like a leaf. But you weren't frightened when you planned to murder four human beings in that concrete tank, were you? You didn't tremble when you lured those transport planes into that quicksand pit and buried people alive, did you? I'll confess. I'll tell everything. There's nothing you can tell that I don't know. Who's that? My men. Well, that's very interesting. Maybe they have the jewels. I'll open the door. Come in, gentlemen. Hey, what is this? I said come in. Must I help you? All right. Hey, let go of me. My arm. I see you have the suitcase containing the jewels. Very nice of you to bring it back. I'll take it. No, Lefty, no gun. He's right, Lefty. If you want to remain in one piece, drop that gun. There, that's better. Now, just relax while I phone the police and ask them to pick you three up. You can't pin nothing on me. Oh? What am I, a Jones? Now, that's the way you want it, eh? All right, here goes. That gun won't help you, Lefty. Now, Mr. Yellow Mask, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. No! No! That should keep the three of them quiet for some time. It looks like Superman's work is over. Clark Kent can put the call into the police. Operator, get me police headquarters. That's right, police headquarters. I still don't understand how you knocked the three of them out cold. Wasn't so difficult, Jimmy. You see, I grabbed Lefty's gun and used it as a club. I guess I was pretty lucky. Well, we were all lucky to get out alive. Yeah. I hope the commissioner's ankle's all right. They rushed him to a hospital. We'll have to do a lot of explaining to Mr. White when we get back. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I called him. He was worried about us, but he's glad we're all right. And incidentally, he said there's a big story breaking. One of the biggest the Daily Planet ever handled. Well, I wonder what it is. We'll find out soon enough. What is the story Editor White is referring to? Will it lead Kent, Lois, and Jimmy into more danger? Don't forget to tune in next time for the thrilling beginning of a brand new Superman adventure. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Behold, my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. Ha-ha! <laughs> 
from the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming Video Game Box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who has come to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, bend steel in his bare hands, race a speeding bullet to its target, and who wages a never-ending battle against crime and oppression, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. When we last saw him, Kent, as Superman, had captured the yellow mask and turned the master criminal over to the police. Returning to the Daily Planet... He was informed by Lois Lane that editor Perry White wanted to see both of them in a hurry. As our story opens today, Kent and Lois are outside editor White's office waiting to be announced. Listen. Yes? Clark Kent and Lois Lane? Have them come right in, please. Now, as I was saying, Mr. Remsen, this city has never had a crooked DA in all its history. So the Daily Planet will more than welcome the chance to put all its power and prestige behind the movement to get rid of District Attorney Parker. If ever a man was guilty of using his high office for crooked, unprincipled... Oh, uh, oh, come in, Lord. Hello. Hello, Clark. Hello, Mr. White. Got your orders for us to prepare before you pronto. So, we came running. Clark, Lois, I want you to meet Mr. Remsen. Ralph Remsen. Oh. How do you do? Remsen. I recall that name. Weren't you District Attorney Parker's assistant at one time? Is that right? Oh, of course, I remember now. You resigned because you claimed the rotten politics going on in Parker's office was too much for you to take. Yes, I resigned, all right. That was about two months ago. Uh, sit down, Lois. Clark... We need something to talk over. Mr. Remsen has come to me with a rather astounding offer. If he means what he says... And don't worry about that. I meant every word of what I said. Well, if that's really the case, we're about to start one of the biggest anti-crook campaigns this paper's ever had the privilege of sponsoring. Mr. Remsen, I wish you'd tell these two exactly what you told me. Gladly. You see, it was two months ago that I resigned as District Attorney Parker's assistant. Under his regime, I saw things going on that were pretty crooked, pretty hard to stomach. I don't think I have to remind you of the almost number of criminals, gangsters, trigger men, slot machine vendors, crooks of all sorts, in fact, who slipped between the fingers of the law because of the help they got from Parker. No, I don't think you do. There's certainly a lot of them. Sophie Sonderman, Lucky Larry Lorimer, Sneezy Furness, and a lot more. Exactly. It's because of Parker and his crooked management of the district attorney's office that the men you just mentioned and many more like them who are menaces to law-abiding citizens are still at large in this city. Now, for two months, I wanted to do something. I wanted to start a campaign, do something, to get Parker out of office. You're right, Mr. Ramsey. With uh, Mayor Healy in office, the campaign against Parker ought to be easy. You know Mayor Healy's reputation. Sure, the clean-up mayor. Dedicated himself to having the cleanest city in the world. Right. Now, I've talked with Mayor Healy. He's as anxious to get Parker out of office as any of us. Uh-huh. But there's one hitch. Oh, and what's that? 
the people themselves. You see, it's only those of us who are on the inside who know what Parker really is. The general public thinks of him as a philanthropist, a generous charity worker. He's built up that reputation. Of course, merely as a blind. Before Mayor Healy can do anything, we've got to expose Parker to the people for what he really is. And how do you propose to do that, Mr. Ransom? Simple. I worked in Parker's office as Parker's assistant for a long, long time. I kept my eyes and ears open. I'm in a position now not only to make definite charges against District Attorney Parker, but I can back up those charges with substantial proof. Well, I've got everything that could possibly be needed. Signed letters, photostatic copies of checks given to Parker by well-known criminals. A photostatic copy of his account book up to two months ago. And a lot more proof that we needed. You see, Clark, Morris, Renson's idea is for the Daily Planet to start an anti-Parker campaign. You two will write the story for the information Renton gives you. Huh? It's the greatest chance we've ever had to do the public a real service, and I'm all for it. Say well, nothing of the boost in circulation, eh, Chief? Well, that does enter into it, of course. A newspaper's lifeblood, so to speak, is its circulation. Oh, Mr. White. Ah, no, wait a minute. I didn't mean that as a pun, young woman. You both know as well as I do that the better our circulation, the more advertising we get. And we depend on that advertising to keep us going. However, the important thing is not only to get Parker out of office, but it's possible to put him behind bars as well. If ever a man deserves prison for what he's done... You're quite right, of course. Well, when do we get to work? The sooner the better. What's the matter with right now? Okay with me. Me too? Fine. You can get all the dope you need for your first article from Ransom and have it ready for the early edition. You'll print the story tonight and have it on the streets in the morning. Oh, hold on. Um, not so fast, Mr. White. I'm afraid you'll have to give me a little time to get my stuff prepared. It won't take you long to get enough material together for one article, will it? Don't forget, I have a lot of other things to do as well. However, I believe I can have enough material for the first article against Parker ready by about, uh, shall we say, four this afternoon. Suits me. Lois and I have a date for dinner and the theater afterwards. But we can whip out an article between four and seven without half trying. Okay with you, Lois? Sure thing. Good. Then let's all meet in my office here at four o'clock this afternoon. All right. Mr. Remsen, I can't tell you how indebted I am to you for the chance you're giving us. A chance to do a really great service for the people of this city. All right, then. Four o'clock this afternoon here in my office. 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 7... Ronnie, will you, for heaven's sake, stop playing with that yo-yo? Ah, T.A., look what you went and made me do. I bet I could have gotten up to a hundred on my yo-yo if you hadn't interrupted. I don't pay you to play with a yo-yo. Now put it away. Uh, What's eating you, T.A.? Well, I remember the time I could sit here in your private office and play with the yo-yo all day long. All right, you, all right. You remember the day I almost broke a hundred? I got up to 85 and then a string broke. I bet I could have... If broken you don't time. stop talking... Gee, I'm sorry, T.A. You are upset, ain't you? Upset is hardly the word for it. I'm in a spot, and for once in my life, I don't know what to do about it. Who's bothering you, D.A.? Just give me his name and address. No, no, no. This is one thing that can't be handled by strong-arm methods. Brownie, the doc was in to see me this morning. Oh, that's one of the guys that's sort of keeping near the ground for you, ain't it? Yes. He told me something that set me to thinking. The Daily Planet is starting a campaign to get me out of office and put me behind bars. The Daily Planner, eh? Oh, it's simple. I just mosey up, pay the editor a little visit. Haven't I, I just I told you it's not as simple as all that? We're not dealing with one person now, Brownie. We're dealing with a newspaper, a great corporation. I wouldn't be unduly worried about it. I've been through this sort of thing before, except... Yeah, except what? Brownie, the man who's supplying the material for these articles is none other than Ralph Remsen. Remember him? Oh, do I say there was a guy. He was the straightest guy I ever met. Say, you remember the arguments you used to have and I finally quit? And yes, I yes, I remember. I remember only too well. 
If we're anyone but Remsen, we might be able to buy him off. Well, what's wrong with bumping him off? Can't do that. He's probably turned over all the material he's got to the newspaper. No, Brownie, this seems to be one problem that has no answer to it. One riddle that seems to have no solution. Well, my opinion. Wait a minute. Uh, come in. I said come in. Uh, see who it is, Mr. Brownie. Okay. Oh, it ain't nobody. There ain't nobody here. On the contrary, Brownie, there is someone here. Quite definitely here. What, 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 what was that? Brownie, what did you that? hear it too? Why, of course he heard it. You both here. I'm here in this room with you, but you can't see me. You might ask me to sit down, Parker. Yes. Yes, by all means. Uh, sit down, please. I hope my coming hasn't been too much of a shock to you. You see... Wait a minute. What's going on here? Who are you? Where are you? As to who I am, Parker, that need not concern you. As to where I am, I'm sitting in this chair across from you. You cannot see me because I am invisible. I'm getting out of here. Where's me? You're your... Hey, where you are, Brownie. You're not going to be hurt. As a matter of fact, I've come here, Parker, to offer my services to you. You're... Your services? In this matter of the newspaper campaign that's getting underway. Oh, that. You need my help, Parker. You're powerless to prevent the Daily Planet from printing that story alone. But I can prevent them from printing it. How? Leave that to me. The question is, are you willing to pay for whatever help I can give you? Certainly I'm willing to pay. But see here, what's this gag about being invisible? How could anybody possibly, by the greatest stretch of the imagination... <laughs> I will only say, Parker, that there is nothing supernatural about it. I make myself invisible by means of a trick. But that trick is, shall of course remain a secret with me. Now let's get down to business. A campaign directed against you has been started. If it is not stopped, it will surely wreck your career and ruin you forever. Only I can stop it. How much are you willing to pay? How much do you want? One hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand? Oh, that's ridiculous. It's, it's downright criminal. How well you know the meaning of the word. Parker, I want one hundred thousand dollars. Now you're sure, you two, that Remsen has given you enough material for the first article against Mr. Attorney Parker? I think so, Chief. It's all about the lucky Larry Lorimer case. Parker is working on the photostats of certain checks and things now. Lois and I'll finish the article at just about the time the pictures are ready. Now, don't worry. The story will break tomorrow morning without fail. Don't forget to get in that bit about the fixed juryman. Well, I've got to know that right here, Mr. Ramsey. Good. Of course, uh, you mustn't forget we <laughs> got a dinner and dinner day together. The quicker we get started on this article, the better. That's so. And when you finish it, you can tell it up. What? What, what, what under the sun? Oh, who said that? Uh, didn't somebody say... Yeah. Either I heard a strange voice in this room or I'm going crazy. No, no. You did hear a strange voice. Who said that? I did, Mr. Kent. Well, who are you? Where are you? I'm standing behind Editor White's chair. Great Scott! As to who I am, gentlemen, Miss Lane, prepare to do business with the Invisible Man. What strange mystery surrounds the Invisible Man? By what trick does he make himself invisible? And how does he intend to stop our friends from publishing their articles about District Attorney Parker? 
Be sure to hear the next thrilling and mystifying episode of this story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and oppression, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. As you remember, Clark Kent had been assigned to write a series of articles in collaboration with Lois Lane to expose the crooked district attorney Parker. Ralph Renson, former assistant to the DA, who had resigned in protest against Parker's methods, had volunteered to supply the facts for the Daily Planet campaign to oust Parker from office. As our story opens today, Kent, Lois, Editor Perry White, and Ralph Renson are discussing their campaign in the editor's office. Listen. Don't forget about that. That bit about the fixed jury man, Mr. Kent. Okay, Mr. Renson. Uh, Lois, we mustn't forget we've got a dinner in here today tonight. The quicker we get started in this article, the better. Quite so. What? What the... And when you finish writing it, Miss Lane, Mr. Kent, what? take a suggestion from me and tear it up. Well, what under thunder? Oh, who said that? Didn't somebody you say... You're all in a strange voice, Miss Rumler. I'm quietly going crazy. No, you did hear a strange voice. Who said that? I did, Mr. Kent. Well, who are you? Where are you? I'm standing behind Editor White's chair. Oh, Scott. As to who I am, gentlemen, Miss Lane, prepare to do business with the Invisible Man. It's a dream. That's what it is. Now, listen, you people. We, we're dreaming, aren't we? Hardly a dream, Mr. White, but I... If you ask I, me, it's... I think it's just a trick. Commendably clever, Mr. Kent. It is a trick. But I doubt whether you can tell how it is done. Well, this is... Well, it's positively mystifying. I imagine that's what it's intended to be. Well, all right, whoever you are, you're playing a trick on us. Now, you might unburden yourself and tell us why you're playing the trick. I like you for that, Mr. Kent. You've come to the point, quickly. Very well, I will tell you why. Gentlemen, Miss Lane, you are about to inaugurate a campaign against District Attorney Parker. Am I right? Well? I have come to say, don't do it. Oh? And exactly why shouldn't we do it? Because if you do, I shall take steps to see that you regret it. Come on, come on, hey, Just a minute, Lois. Let's get to the bottom of this. Are you... Are you working for Parker? Has he hired you to come here and try to intimidate us? That's beside the point, Mr. Kent. What really matters is this. I have warned you not to publish even one article against District Attorney Parker. If you are a man of sense, you will heed that warning. Now listen, never mind all this. Here's a man who can make himself invisible. There's a story for you. Invisible man invades editor's office. Weird, supernatural occurrence. Wait a minute, Chief. There's nothing weird or supernatural about this. It's a trick. A trick and nothing more. Uh, Kent is right. It is a trick. An attempt to get our minds off Parker for a while. <laughs> Gentlemen, please, you underestimate me. I merely make myself invisible to hide my identity, nothing more. 
Because, you see, I really have the power to back up any warning, any threat I make. Yes, Mr. Kent, I am working for District Attorney Parker. I have guaranteed that these stories of yours will not appear in print. I intend to see that guarantee is kept. And how do you propose to do that? I don't make a practice, Mr. Kent, of exposing my hands before I say it. You must merely accept my word for it that should you publish even the first story, should you try to print that story tonight, you will regret it more than you have ever regretted anything in your life. That's all I have to say. Kent, it sounds as if he means it. He certainly does. Clark, what do you think? All I can say is threats or no threats, invisible man or not, we ought to go ahead with that story. What do you say, Chief? I agree with you 100%, Kent. Ah, I knew you would. Well, did you hear that, Mr. Invisible? I say, did you hear our answer to your warning? He doesn't have to. Why, he, he's gone. He went just as silently and mysteriously as he came. Oh, this will make a whale of a story. Now, look here, Kent. Let Lois write the story on District Attorney Parker. You sit down and be out a column or two on this invisible man yarn. I wouldn't do that, Chief. Well, why not? Because I think if you give this thing time, if you let it develop by itself, you'll really have a story. You'll have a story that'll make this town stand on its ear. A story that'll have everybody talking for weeks to come. What do you mean? What are you getting at? Well, don't ask me to explain, Chief. Just wait and see. Well, Lois, we'd better get started in that article. We've got a dinner date together at Victorio's at 7 o'clock. Oh, goodness, Clark, I'd almost forgotten. What's this invisible man business and everything? Well, should we work in your office or mine? Oh, mine will do. Come on, let's go. Uh, but Kent, uh, wait a minute. What? This invisible man. If I only knew the answer to, to how he does it. When we learn that, then we will have something. A waiter. Uh, yes, Mr. King. Waiter, I ordered dinner here tonight for two. I see set places for three. Well, those were the orders I received from the captain, sir. Okay. Mr. Kent's table said three places. That's funny. Clark, well, are you sure you didn't make a mistake? Of course not, Lois. <laughs> but this is rather awkward, sir. I have three servings here on this tray, and... It's quite all right, waiter. Uh, you may serve the three of us. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, I... I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Kent. I, I thought I, I heard. Know. I know what you've heard. Uh, never, never mind clearing that up now. I'll let you know when I want dinner served. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's all right. These are the most amazing things. So you even intrude at the dinner table, do you? Oh, so sorry. Really, Kent. And of course, Miss Lane. Please do forgive me. But you see, I... I have your welfare so at heart. I'm so anxious that no harm should come Clark, to... Clark, let's get out of here. Take it easy, Lois. Don't let our invisible friend get on your nerves. Now, look here. This has gone far enough. So? Under ordinary circumstances, I'd be amused by this trick of yours, whatever it may be. But right now, it happens that Miss Lane and I would like to eat our dinner in peace. So, if you don't mind... No, but I do. Believe me, I regret the intrusion as much as you. But it's really most important that you listen to me. I'm not interested. I gave you warning this afternoon. You didn't pay any attention to it. You went right ahead and wrote that article exposing District Attorney Parker as a crook. As a man who's used his office criminally. Now, honestly, I... I have a certain regard for you, too. I don't want to see anything happen to you. Indebted, I'm sure. But something will happen if you persist in taking this thing lightly. Now, please, reconsider won't you call Editor White and convince him that the best thing to do is to forget this entire campaign against Parker? If you think I'd do that, especially after insisting that White go ahead with the campaign, you're crazy. You don't realize what you're letting yourself in for. Listen to me, Kent. I meant every word I said this afternoon. 
I warned you that if you insisted on carrying through this campaign against Parker, that you'd regret it. You will regret it, Kent. Believe me, you will. You can't frighten us. Right. I'm afraid neither Miss Lane nor myself is impressed. What exactly do you think you can do to us? Did you hear me? Yes. Huh. He seems to have left us again. Look, look, I can't help it. This, this sort of thing gets me down. Lord, well, it's nothing but a trick. Once we find the solution to it, no doubt it'll turn out to be pretty simple. Yes, but, but to make himself invisible. Now, now, not another word about it. We're supposed to forget business tonight and enjoy ourselves. And that's exactly what we're going to do. I don't think he was quite in character during the last part of that. Wonderful play, Clark. I'm so glad you came, aren't you? Glad you're enjoying it, Lois. How do you think it'll end? You know, I'm sort of anxious to see the third act. <laughs> I don't know. I'm inclined to think Mr. that... Mr. Clark Kent. I'm being paid. Go on here, boy. Oh, uh, Mr. Kent? Yes? A message for you, sir. A call from a Mr. White at the office of the Daily Planet. Yes? What's the message? Mr. White said to tell you to get back to the office as quickly as you can. It's very urgent. Of course. Thank you. Here you are. Thank you, sir. What are you thinking of happening? I don't know, Lois. Whatever it is, we'll soon find out. I don't know, Remsen. We'll see what Kent has to say when he gets here, if he ever does. But you can't kill that story now, Mr. White. You owe something to the public, to the people who have bought your paper year in and year out. You can't let anything stand in the way of exposing Parker for what he is. Well, you saw the note the Invisible Man sent me, Ronson. I can't afford to take Kent. Well, all I can say... Oh, here come Kent and Lois Lane now. Oh, Chief. Well, what's the trouble? Well, whatever it is, it better be important. We missed the third act of the play to come here. You will find it important, all right. Here, uh, have a look at this, Kent. Huh? Oh, I know, then. Yeah, from the Invisible Man. Oh, what's it say, Clark? Let's see. My last warning... Start your presses tonight and you won't print another story for weeks to come. Huh. I wonder what he means by that. I don't know exactly what he means, Kent, but I do know this. I'm worried. If he can make good this threat of his, if he can actually prevent us from putting another edition on the streets for weeks, well, then I'm scared and scared plenty. If we miss one edition, just one edition, Kent, well, you know what it means to us financially. We can't afford to take chances. I know what it means, all right. Got your presses tonight, and you won't print another edition for weeks to come. Eh? Hmm. I have a mind to find out exactly what the Invisible Man can do. Just how important his threats and warnings are. Well, what do you mean, Kent? I mean, I wouldn't let him bulldoze me, Chief. We've started this campaign against District Attorney Parker and his crooked regime. Well, let's go through with it. I say whatever happens, start printing that story for the morning edition. I say get those presses started. He's right, Mr. White. If we miss this chance to put Parker where he belongs, we'll never get another one. Clark's definitely right. Let's start those presses. Yeah, but the warning. Never mind the warning, sir. Let's start the presses and see what happens. All right. We'll do it. Well, Joe. Yes, sir. Start your presses for the morning edition. Right, sir. Start the presses. Start the presses. Will the Invisible Man make good his threat? And what will happen? And what trick does the Invisible Man use to make himself invisible? Do you know? Well, be sure to listen to the next exciting and baffling episode of this story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, 
Superman. Look at the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and oppression, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. As you remember, Kent and Lois Lane had been assigned by editor Perry White to write a series of articles for the Daily Planet campaign to oust the crooked district attorney Parker from office. The facts for this expose were to be supplied by Ralph Remsen, former assistant DA, who had resigned in protest against Parker's methods. When we last saw them, they were surprised by a baffling obstacle, an invisible man, who, although he could not be seen, talked with them and warned them against publishing the expose. As our story opens today, Kent has just returned to the city room of the Daily Planet, where he finds Editor White and Remsen greatly excited. Listen. Here, read this note, Kent. It arrived from the Invisible Man only a short while ago. Let's see. My last warning. Start your presses tonight and you won't print another story for weeks to come. Huh. You know, Chief, I have half a mind to find out exactly what the Invisible Man can do. Just how important his threats and warnings are. Uh, but the warning. Uh, what do you think, Mr. Remsen? I am not sure, Mr. White. Never mind the warning. Let's start the presses and see what happens. All right. We'll do it. Joe? Yes, sir? Start your presses for the morning edition. Okay, Mr. White. Start your presses. Start your presses. Yes, but I have a feeling that something may happen at almost any minute. How right you are, Mr. White. What? Why, why, it's the Invisible Man again. That voice sounded as if, as if he were standing right here among us. It can't be. But it is. I'm standing right here beside you, Mr. White. Why? Why didn't you heed my warning? Now you have forced me into something that I find most unpleasant, most distasteful. And just exactly what is that, Mr. Kent? You're so serene about the whole matter, so confident that you all can win out against me. Gentlemen, listen to me. When you started those presses, you also started a time bomb concealed in one of them. A time bomb? Joe! Joe, hold the presses! Stop immediately! But your life will Wait a minute. That won't do any good, I'm afraid. Stopping the presses won't stop the bomb. It won't? I decided, Mr. White, that if you were foolhardy enough to disregard my advice, I'd teach you a lesson. You've started the bomb, you cannot stop it. Your presses will be blown into wreckage. As I said in my note, it will be weeks before you publish another edition of your paper. Oh, Kent, this is terrible. What can we do? Think of what it means to the paper. If those presses are blown up, if we're unable to get another edition on the streets in weeks, we're ruined, man. Utterly ruined. I, I for one, don't see what you can do about it. Mr. No, we've got to do something. Those presses are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
If we're forced out of business for even a few days, we'll... we'll... Kent, can't you think of something? Yes, Kent. Think of something. You got Mr. White into this? Figure some way to get him out. He's right. You did get me into this, Kent. It was you who said to go ahead and start those presses. Kent, you simply got to... Just a minute, please. We're all standing here wasting time talking about the value of those presses. We haven't even begun to think about the lives that may be lost in this thing. How much time have we? By my watch, you have exactly two minutes. Two minutes? You have one chance, Kent. If you can find the bomb and destroy it within two minutes, you'll be all right. Yes. If you fail to find it within two minutes, remember, I'm afraid you'll have to suffer the consequences. You now have exactly one minute and 45 seconds. <laughs> good luck, gentlemen. And good night. Of course, we've got to find that bomb. It's our only chance. Looks like it, Lois. You men. Yeah. You men here in the press room. Right. You've got a minute and 30 seconds to find that bomb. Right. Better start looking for it right now. Yeah. Somebody better keep a good watch on the time. All right. Well, it begins to look as if we're making a little headway. We've published two stories about District Attorney Parker, and the third is in the presses now. 
With Mayor Healy's help, we can't fail to get Parker indicted and put where he belongs. There's just one thing that worries me, Benson. Yes, what's that, way? I had a call from Parker this morning, threatening to sue the paper for libel. Are you sure you can prove the statements that we've been making? You're sure the documents you've shown me are authentic? Absolutely. There's no doubt of it, Chief. If Remsen here would excuse my saying so, I've taken the trouble to check on some of them. I didn't think it would do any harm. Not at all, Tim. The thing that gets me is that invisible man. Now, you people can talk all you want about being a trick. But that voice gives me the willies. I keep listening for it, expecting it to speak almost any moment. Well, I never know when I'm alone anymore or when I'm not. Now, don't let it get you down, Chief. This whole thing will be cleaned up before very long. Uh, you've been saying that for days, Kent. I wish you'd talk less and act more. Well, I'm doing my best, Chief. You can't ask more than that. The mayor will see you now. This way, sir. Well, gentlemen, Miss Lane, I believe. Sit down, won't you? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I, I believe you know why we've come. I certainly do, Mr. White. I've been reading those articles about District Attorney Parker in your newspaper, sir. And I must say you're to be commended on the wonderful service you're rendering the public. Thank you, sir. I know you're busy, so I'll come right to the point. Your Honor, can we count on your support? I'm with you all the way. Now, what would be your suggestion, Mr. White? Uh, for grand jury investigation? I think so, Your Honor. You name the men you want, and Mr. Remsen here will give them all the proof they need. Good. I'll take care of that this very afternoon. And uh, now, gentlemen, Miss Lane, you know I'm a very busy and man, and I... Certainly, sir. Uh, we won't take up any more of this. Hi. Oh, I'm afraid you'll have to. What was that? Did someone say something? It's, it's the Invisible Man again. The what? The Invisible Man, Mr. Mayor. No time to explain now. Mr. White can do that later. What is Your it, Honor, not... I have only one thing to say to you. Don't form a grand jury. Don't support this investigation. What the name of... Who is this person? What is... I said I had no time to go into that. However, believe me when I say that if you support this campaign against District Attorney Parker, you'll be doing yourself a great injury, an injury, Your Honor, from which you will never recover. Whoever you are, sir, I'm not to be intimidated. I've been through this sort of thing before... It's been my experience that most threats have no foundation. Mm, you'll find this one has. I'm no coward, sir, whoever you are. I have a duty to the people of this city which I intend to fulfill. You can't frighten me. Your phone will ring in a moment or two. We'll wait until you receive the message. I know it's coming. And then we'll see what your answer is. I might even go so far as... <laughs> I dare say that's the call now. Pick up the phone, Mr. Mayor. Uh... You, you... Your phone is ringing, Mr. Mayor. Uh, hello? Yes, this is the mayor speaking. What's that? Yes? Yes? Thank you. Yes, goodbye. Mr. White, I... I'm afraid you'll have to carry on your investigation without my help. There is nothing I can do for you. What message did the mayor receive by telephone? What made him change his mind? And by the way, have you solved the riddle of the invisible man? Be sure to listen to the next thrilling and mystifying episode of this story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. 
Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!